0: Welcome to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighter mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their rollercoaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. If you find the show valuable, could you do me a favor? Rate and review the podcast, share it with your network, so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. And for now, let's take the ride together. Hey, Genius Leader, welcome to the show. Today, I'm going to talk to Dr. Suresh Nani from Egypt, or as he's commonly known, the Happy Doctor. Suresh is an award-winning speaker, author, researcher, and internationally recognized expert and thought leader on workplace wellness, well-being, equity, and inclusion. He has been invited to speak on TEDx uh, events at four occasions to share his ideas. For over 28 years, he has been teaching entrepreneurs, educators, corporate leaders, professionals, and overachievers how to build innovative, thriving organizations, And as a bonus, design the dynamic life they desire. Dr. Devdani uh, has been awarded the 101 top global coaching leaders, 101 most fabulous global training and development leaders, and 51 most fabulous global happiness leaders. He has taught thousands of individuals in over 120 countries through his books, videos, online courses, and keynote speeches. He's also authored four international bestsellers and published numerous research papers. And I have invited uh, Dr. Dr. Devnani, or Suresh, as we address him in the conversation, to talk about his own journey to becoming the happiness doctor. And that started as a miserable millionaire. Suresh is sharing his experience of coming from a wealthy family where everything was served to him on a silver platter and while he was achieving those external quote-unquote successes he was feeling miserable within and even being suicidal he has tried to commit suicide twice in his life until he started turning the journey around we talk with Suresh about finding yourself and how for him the journey started with his little kid little son saying daddy Go and find yourself. And so sort is of sharing the wisdom that he's received in the, on his journey that nobody can find you for yourself. You have to do it. But nobody can do it alone. So you need to seek help and support on the journey. And I think this is a beautiful way of putting it. As I say, that genius leadership always starts with you. You need to lead yourself first to be able to show up for your people, to serve your organization, and so on and so forth. But at the same time, you should never stay alone with the challenges you're going through, with the thoughts you're having, with the patterns you're following, and so on and so forth. And this is what Soros is talking about on the topic of happiness, on the topic of fulfillment, on the topic of being your whole you. No one else can do this work for yourself, the work of finding yourself. But that doesn't mean that you should be alone and lonely on that journey. So take it in, please, from this conversation. I think it's a very, very important point. We also discussing The Power of Gratitude and how Suresh is finding so much value in connection with nature. We're having some a couple of examples there about how it helps and uh, also how that is much healthier than sometimes mm, even hugging our uh, dear ones. Uh, you will hear and understand why we, I'm, I'm saying it that way. And we'll also discuss some negative parts of growing or finding yourself. Or it's not really negative parts, but the tough growth pains of finding your true self and being on a journey of developing yourself uh, all the time. One of those that uh, Suresh has experienced has been losing some friends. Uh, who he didn't align with anymore, or who did not see the value in him as he was becoming him his true self. So I hope that you'll find lots of valuable pieces of advice and thoughts and bits of wisdom from our conversation with Suresh, and also have this normalization of these tough conversations. As I said in the very beginning of this theme and in the introduction that this is what is important for me to normalize the things, to really show you that whatever you're going through, you're not alone. And by that, I don't mean that you, you particularly have to go through burnout in some shape or form now. But I really want to emphasize it, that it's normal to feel your feelings. You're human and it's okay to feel them and it's okay to talk about them. And also, I want to give you hope that there is always light, there is always brightness, and there is always something positive on the other side of whichever tough experience you're going through. So I hope you enjoy yet another conversation, the last one in this theme with Suresh Devnani. See you on the other side. Dear Genius Leaders, welcome to the show, whether you're live or catching it with us in the recording, warmest, warmest welcome. And warmest welcome to my guest today, Dr. Suresh Devnani. I'm very happy to have you here. It's an honor and a pleasure of mine to share your experiences, your knowledge with my audience, uh, Suresh, and I really hope that we'll enjoy this conversation and, and bring a lot of value to to everyone tuning in. Thank you for inviting me, Anna.
1: I am all excited to share ideas and uh, my whole journey with all your guests on MindShifter today. Thank you.
0: I really am keen on digging into your journey because I think it has so many points for people to relate to on on various levels. But let's start with the question that I usually bring to my guests as an opener for, for the conversation. When I say words, sustainable business development or business performance, what comes to your mind? In my mind, it's simple. To be sustainable,
1: we have to understand the kind of damage we are causing to our environment. Because for sure, we are damaging the environment. So whether we are eating from a box to glassware, or even let's say on a ceramic dish, some kind of damage has been caused to the environment. So how do we create the sustainable environment is we have to be very careful on how we spend our resources. Or let's say, if you used a glass dish, how many times can I use that glass dish versus a ceramic dish? Or in that sense, so whatever you' are buying or consuming, you know understand how it has been made and how long can I use it so I can maintain and avoid causing more damage than I already started with. So I believe all businesses can look beyond and see the proposition is, how are we helping or affecting our environment? Even in let's say a company. How are we supporting the needs of our people? Because if the needs of our people are not being maintained, I feel we are not being sustainable even in the workspace. So sustainability can be incorporated in all spaces. So whether we are at work, at home, or in the community, we have to be sustainable because we all know we only have one planet, Earth, and we have still not found any other planet anywhere else that we could move to. Sci-fi yeah, is no still planet sci-fi. B, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no planet B yet. If we find one, fine, let's destroy this one and move to a fresh, <laughs> brand new planet, but we have not. So let's fix this one that we have. Hmm.
0: I really like it that you bring all the levels to this conversation, right? As you said, it can be done within your business, even if you're not... Uh, a business owner within your work environment, but also on a personal level, and, and it's nice that you give this example of the uh, what, what we're eating from, just choosing the materials, educating ourselves, being mindful of that. That okay, we whatever action we like we take, we actually uh, creating some impact, and it can be negative, it can be neutral, and can be positive, and really always. Looking for that positive impact, or at least neutral impact, and seeing how we can actually affect the situation around ourselves is very important. And it doesn't have to be overly complicated. I always talk about the micro steps and finding those small things that you can do so that the the step that you're looking at is not scaring you anymore. And when you have broken it down to those micro steps that are not scary anymore, it's much easier to create bigger impact because you're taking many small steps. Instead of sitting there and looking at that huge step instead of in front of you forever and not taking uh, an action because it's just too big of, of an action for one step. So thank you for this example. Thank you. So the topic for the conversation today is, Shurish, is your journey, the mental health journey, right? And, and how you have been miserable, even though you've had it all on paper early on in your, career in your life and how the transformation has been from there. So can, I, can you talk us through that miserable millionaire time of you? What, what did it look like? What brought you to being a millionaire and what brought you to be miserable at the same time? So
1: I can say my journey started quite well. I was born in a reasonably affluent family and uh, year by year, my father was making more money. So he kept improving our lives, uh, going to the best uh, high school. Uh, going to the best university, coming back from university, having a job rating for you, mm-hmm. so and and making a lot of money. Uh, you know, my first year's income was about three million Hong Kong, which is about uh, about two hundred fifty thousand US for just me coming out of school and getting that kind of salary. My first car was actually a Mercedes Benz, brand new one, and then my first was was a Rolex. So, so all these affluent things in nineteen ninety, they were a big thing. Maybe today's world doesn't see them as, as prominent, but in 1990, when you had a Rolex watch, you were driving a Mercedes-Benz, staying in a very, very expensive apartment, which was 4,000 square feet large, it, it makes a big thing out of it. And mm-hmm. of course, that was not helping my ego because I felt life was too easy. And whatever I wanted, I just asked for and I got. So eventually, you know, at about 21, I, I told my father I want to get married also because I have a dog. Why don't I have my wife as well? So I got married, but by the time I was about a year into the marriage, things started falling apart for me because I just felt incomplete. And even though I had a beautiful wife who was caring, understanding, uh, then everybody said, why don't you have a child? So I have an excuse to create a bond back with your wife and you know create a relationship. So we had our first son, but yet you know when he was born, I felt the devil was born in my home because he's come to take away that tension that I was getting from my mother, my parents. Now this new guy has come, who's taking it all from me. Even my wife had no time for me. So I felt somewhat burned out, depressed as well. And work was not going as well because when you feel incomplete, somehow all the attention goes back to the negative thought that, you know, you let go of everything. So yet I had all these millions, I felt incomplete, lonely. And, you know, I started seeking darkness, you know, I, I, I could not say anything nice to anybody. So I used to just try to stay away from the crowd. Then eventually as things got it bad, I went to st- start with a psychiatrist. You know, they prescribed me a happy pill, you know, the yellow orange pill that most uh, doctors like prescribing to people like that. So I started the happy pill. I felt somewhat better, but yet I felt, you know, there's something missing in my life. So eventually when my son was five years old, he comes to me, Baba, because he calls me Baba. He says, I think you need to go find your happiness. I said, how do you know I need to find my happiness? He says, I know. I got a message for you. Go find your happiness. And that's when I, that triggered me on this journey of finding deeper meaning in our lives because money surely can't bring you that depth that we all seek. And it's not love from others we are seeking. It's we are trying to connect to an internal love, a reason like a reservoir of love that's connected to the divine, the spiritual sense. But obviously, this doesn't come unless we fall into a crisis. So we all will fall into a crisis, I believe. But how bad that crisis is, is how much more you will seek and be desperate to seek this this key ingredient that allows us to live a life of bliss. I'm not talking about happiness in the sense that by acquiring things, being happy. But being happy even in situations which are difficult, challenging, even not having money, but yet you feel I'm complete, having the faith and the hope that everything will be all right as long as I believe that things are meant to teach me, not to harm that kind of happiness. And that's not easy to come by. It takes a lot of time. Of course, it's a switch of a mindset. But of course, we must see some hardships. Otherwise, you will not seek that kind of happiness because we are looking for superficial happiness. That's one that you can buy with things. So that's how I had it in the beginning, and I fell into the trap, became miserable. Eventually, I had to go back to find real happiness, and that's my journey. And I'm more than happy to share with anybody, don't run the rat race alone. If you run the rat race alone, eventually you will fall in that trap where you hate yourself and your life, and you'll make everybody else's life that's in your family or in your life bad and miserable. So look out for yourself first. Because if you don't take care of your well-being, you're not going to be ever happy with even acquiring millions and millions, even billions. I work with billionaires, and I can tell you, they themselves are miserable. Look at how many divorces have taken place in the last couple of years amongst the billionaires. Bill Gates, Amazon's uh, Jeff Bezos. It's yes. not about money because at the end of the day, money cannot bring you that joy. And yet, look at the kind of uh, partners they are looking for. Some people... Like Jeff Bezos is looking for a very simple, elegant woman who can take care of him. So you can understand this is the key here that you can, that only money can't buy you that perfect relationship. It cannot buy you things that you think will make your life better.
0: You have so many uh, things that I want to tap onto, on, on. That's why I was noting so much, looking down, because I just really want to take so many journeys from from what this answer of yours, uh, just what you said about the the body can buy the good relationship or the happiness. I, I had this beautiful conversation with a friend of mine who was in a tough situation with her work at that moment. He was given a new opportunity. They moved the countries with her husband because of that, and she just felt stressed and quite miserable, let's be honest, even though the job is a good one, but she just really was putting a lot of pressure on herself. And at some point they had this discussion with her husband who suggested like, let's go back to the country we were before because that. But we both love that country. You can have a good job there. I can go back to the previous job there and so on and so forth. And she said a beautiful thing that I think shows a lot, this, the power of self-leadership. She said, yes, but you'll take me with you. And this is the thing. Powerful. You can have... All the money in the world. You can have the most supporting partner in the world, but you're carrying yourself with you 24-7 until the last breath of yours. And if you don't fix that, the rest will just project and and mirror what you have within, whether it's the beauty, whether it's the void, whether it's the pain. So you really need to fix the things within. And it's so important to take that brave step. It's painful. It's scary. It's scary. And just as you said, don't run, don't run that red race alone. It's important to have someone by your side because it's scary and you will either back out or you start coming up with excuses why it's the wrong thing to do right now or, or, and so on. But you need someone who will stick with you and keep you there to say, Hey, you wanted that. You said that you wanted that and let's just get it done. And be by your side. I'll be here by your side. That's what I do for my clients. And just this morning, I had a very powerful conversation. As I told you in the pre-chat, I had to hold massive space for my client for, with one realization he has gotten through our conversation. And I just had to come home and ask my husband for for a hug. And he was like, is there any specific reason why you're asking for a hug? I was like, yeah, I just I just held this space for my client and now I just need to recharge. So I got a very long hug from him and then I went to bed for, for a quick nap just to okay. recharge. But that's, that's, that's this whole uh, ecosystem. Let's say that way. I, I am providing for my clients. I'm, I'm holding space. I'm, I am that support, but also that challenger that they need. But I also need to recharge myself. So I need to create the support system around myself that I can actually be. That support for my clients, and that's what you said about like we always need to put ourselves first because otherwise it's not sustainable. And I just really want to bring that cross point across here for for our audience. It's very very important, and it's never selfish to put yourself first that way because otherwise you don't serve the other people. You can't do it in a health way. Exactly. Sure, sure you you also mentioned something that you went for um, to see a doctor and you were prescribed pills. How was that journey for you? Because I have this those conversations with some people that they don't want to take antidepressants. They don't want to have slip peels, for example, if that's the issue for them. Um, because they see us as, the, as a side of weakness maybe or kind of giving up on other things or they were like, this is the very last resort. How was your journey with that? It
1: was not easy, uh, but definitely my family wanted to help me So they said, just start with this. Just think you have a pain and you need a temporary solution to fix that pain until you find the permanent solution. So I started taking these pills for about six months. I felt better. But then what happened is eventually I started to, you know, like how you said, self-care. So I started to love myself a little more. And uh, I started spending more time in nature, connecting with the sunrise, sunset, appreciating the whole world as it is. I got a pet. That helped because, you know, pets are amazing, especially cats and dogs. You know, they are so compassionate. They come and hug. Like how you said, you needed a hug. And Mm -hmm. pets love hugging. And they want to hug anytime. And anytime you can just go and say, come give me to me," And that's what's amazing. And I believe nature is a big thing. So especially like whenever I have gone through a challenging period with some clients of mine or, you know, working with a company, I connect with nature by hugging a tree. Actually, Mm -hmm. trees are the best places to what we call ground yourself and let go of that toxic energy that somebody has shared with you because nature can absorb it. And Mm -hmm. that's the best thing. And of course, you could pass it to your husband, but guess what? You have also indirectly passed him that toxic energy because Mm -hmm. you felt it and you, because I believe grounding should be done back to nature, Mm -hmm. which can absorb it better. It's nice to get hugged from people, but don't Mm -hmm. know, somehow we, I feel we are passing on that energy that we have absorbed. So in a way, again, he absorbs it and he had to find somebody else to ground it back to. Mm. So best for us is to ground with nature, just take off our shoes, go be in grass, you know, just walk on the grass or hug a tree. That's the best way of grounding that toxic energy that we might have on top.
0: Actually, I want to make a point of that on the way um, from that coaching session. That coaching session was in the nature. We're taking walks okay. with my local clients. Uh, okay. So of course, with international clients, we're on um, online, but uh, with, the once I'm meeting person here in Iceland, we we do walks, and once I said bye to him, I actually walked away from the, the spot, and then I sat uh, down, so I squatted basically, uh, and touched the ground with my hands. So, uh, and it was it was just the need. I was looking at the, my favorite mountain in front of me. Uh That was the view that I was seeing. Uh, it was sunrise on the on my right side. Uh The like sun was just still behind the horizon, and I just put my hands on the ground and. I, <laughs> Taking off shoes is a bit too cold here in Iceland, (laughs) degrees Celsius right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But now what you're talking, it's actually very interesting because I didn't think about it that way, specifically that, okay, I need to ground, I need to get this energy away. But that's that's what I did. And that's Mm -hmm. very interesting that you pointed out that way. So for me, it was getting that energy out of me into the system, as you said, ground and the earth and nature can actually consume that, right, without passing it on. But then I needed to recharge myself. And that's what the hug from my husband was. So getting out there, the negative energy or not the, You needed a boost. A yeah, exactly. I just needed because I knew that I had a lot of important conversations this, this day, continue like some, some more with the clients, some like this interview with you. And I just want to be present here. And for that, I do need that boost. And that's what the, the hug was. But it's very interesting to see this. Um, How sometimes when we are tuned into ourselves, that actually happens without us being conscious about it and thinking like, okay, now I need to ground. Now I need to pass this energy out. It just happens. You understand that that's the need of your body, of your mind, and you just do it.
1: Very interesting. That's a sign of a good coach or a counselor because he understands I'm here to help people, but I must be at the ultimate state to help people. I can't be half there. Because if you're half there, you can't help them completely. And that's very, very important.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right. So what was your journey from there? You started uh, regaining that self-love and you talk about self-esteem in your book. Can you guide us through the process of finding yourself as self-esteem, strengthening it, growing it? Uh, how did you figure out that that's what you needed? And yeah. how did Oh, you-
1: that's a long, long, long time. It took me to understand that that's the values that you need to understand. But obviously it was a, a trial and error meeting different people all around the world. I started going to these conferences where everyone was there to uplift your spirits. But see, a lot of these places only are there to uplift your spirit while you have money to burn. So I went to uh, famous people. I'm not going to name names right now because it looks bad on my part that uh, I'm doing that. But I went to every trainer, coach in the world who says they could change your life, make your life better, even counseling, whatever I could do. But I believe one thing, you know, and I've realized this after a long time. This is a, a self journey. You must find yourself. Nobody can help you find yourself. But mm-hmm. you must realize that you need help, because a lot of people try to fix their life, but they have not yet agreed that they need help. So you need a support mechanism, not only from yourself, but the people that surrounding you who have completely entrusted you to find yourself. And that's what happened when my son told me this, my wife, my mother, everybody said, go. Things will be all right without you. Go find yourself because we don't want you to kill yourself. I tried killing myself two times in that, in that period, and that was not exactly what they wanted from me. I was only 25. And, and already I wanted to kill myself. How long can you handle a person like that? Uh, it was challenging for them too because uh, it would have been a bad sign for my son to see me dying like that. But with their support and Thank God I had some spiritual background that was engrossed into me, even though I was not spiritual at that time, that I started by taking a journey to India and then uh, you know traveling around meeting as many gurujis and rishis, but yet they were unable to find me. But yet one time I went to this temple, I just sat in the grace of the Lord and just meditated and prayed to Him. I said, show me the sign, You know, show me how I could change myself that I'm not only harming myself, but actually there to help people. And the message came through. And obviously, this took about two and a half years for that message to come through after I realized that, you know, I'm a mess, I need to fix myself. So I believe everybody will get that message as long as they ask for it, because we are not alone here. We all have guardian angels out there waiting for us to awaken them, that we need help, because you must seek that help before it comes to you. Help cannot come to anybody if you don't ask for it. And that's what I believe is all part of that equation or that journey is seek, ask, and you shall get kind of a thing. You know, that's how it's always going to be. So anything in this world, don't just, I'm not saying about mental well-being, but anything in your life, seek, ask, and pray for it. You get it. Or ask, universe, if you truly deserve something, you shall get it. So many people ask for negative energy, they get it. Mm. But they ask rarely for positive energy. That's why they never get positive energy. Mm -hmm. You know, how many people have you met or you have clients, I'm sure, who only talk about negative things? I say, stop talking about it. Just tell me one thing you want from your life so badly that you're willing to die for. That's all I want to know. The rest is not important. Oh, yeah, I want to be healthy. I say, that's easy. Then let's just focus on that. Oh, you want more money? Fine, we'll focus on that. But let's focus on one thing that you're willing to die for to get. And we can work from there, and then eventually, when you've worked on that, then let's talk about the next thing. What is the next thing you you are willing to die for? You know, gradually build up. You cannot like multitask, hundred things, and say I want to fix everything one time.
0: And what you say about the negativity? Sometimes we think we're doing the positive things for ourselves, but <laughs> they come through this. Don't not stop kind of, uh, words. And I always, I'm so picky with those kind of formulations with my clients, because I'm saying like, your brain is smart, but it's also stupid. And it misses those don't and not. And that, that is what you manifest for yourself. And that's what you program yourself for. So let's rephrase it so that it's actually in the positive key. And when they do it, it starts being so much easier actually to fulfill that, to really take actions that get you to that, the uh, goal of yours, to, to that dream and so on. Because, you're not confusing your brain. (laughs) You're not messing up with it. You're just giving it simple instructions that are very difficult to mess up with. Very true, very true. And look at the negative energy
1: that's coming and bombarding us. Social media is negative. Uh, News channels are negative. Newspapers are negative. Wherever you go, there's negative news. Free yourself from the surroundings and focus on nature because nature can never be negative. Even like how you are enjoying seeing a volcano erupt, even the lava is actually positive. It's uplifting you. You can see Mother Nature in action. So let go of all these things that you know are trying to make your life miserable. Focus on nature. Nature will always uplift you. It will bring you on the right path. Because once you start appreciating nature, nature starts appreciating you. And everything will sound more beautiful. Even the sound will be beautiful. What you see will be beautiful. What you smell will be more beautiful. How can that not be better
0: for you? Hey, Genius Leader, I'm chiming in here quickly to ask you to do one thing for me. If you're enjoying this episode, share it with one person who you think would find it valuable as well. Let's spread the goodness together so that more people can play within their zone of genius. Nature is very powerful and we're part of it. So it's just really reconnecting with the rest of us, (laughs) but we have really disconnected ourselves from Um, so thanks for that message. I want to go back to your journey when you were traveling around trying to find yourself and you started gaining those or getting those signals or signs. What, what were you doing? What kind of actions did you take to actually get to a better state of mind, state of health, to go back to your relationships and really start nurturing them? And, and what made you the happy doctor? Initially, it took some time to understand. I
1: started simplifying my life. I started to disconnect with things that were not supporting me, and then connecting with things that would actually improve my life. So I made my life so simple. I started, you know living in a very, very small suitcase. I kept traveling to different locations, uh, meeting the strangest people in the world I have never seen before, just taking out this topic: how can one be happy? Like just even asking that kind of question. And some would say, do this, do that. I say no. I don't think that is going to make me happier. Then the next person, the next person, and the next person, and the, next person and the next person. And I went almost all around the world. I went to South America. I was in the U.S. You know, I was doing past life regression. I was going to these famous uh, gurus' uh, programs, workshops, uh, how to make you know your life better, happier, and you know, all these kind of things. But yet they were superficial in the sense because I believe to be truly happy, there's only one way is to connect with your core. And I was still disconnected with my core until somebody finally told me to start meditating. Meditation is a crucial element. And it's not about how long you sit in a meditation. It's the quality and the depth of the meditation that matters. Even five minutes of deep meditation is more powerful than 50 minutes of just unnecessary, you know, listening to that noise that you always will hear initially. And it started with guided meditations, but then gradually I realized that actually my mind could be programmed to see in a clear sense that it did not need to be guided. Because I can guide it myself. Just by seeing four or five phrases, you know, in the mind, it uplifts us into a place where we are free from thought and we're only focusing on how to improve ourselves. Because Jenny, when the thoughts come to us are all limiting thoughts, stopping us from growth, expanding, transforming, change, because our mechanism is to protect us from change. So once you are allowed to stop that noise that's saying, don't change, and if we can program that to say, change this, change that, or the better, then life becomes even more beautiful, more easier, and is livable. In fact, you will no longer see any pain in the world. Because you finally realize this is a very big play. Like we are all actors playing a play. And neither, and don't take life so seriously that it starts affecting you because we take life too seriously. We see all the negative that's taking place and then we place it on our shoulders and blame ourselves. But we have no harm, we have not caused this harm. People have. And people who do not see themselves there to help others, but only, They're they're satisfying their selfish needs. So the truth is once you come in that state where you see that I'm helping myself and I'm causing no harm, then you are in that perfect mindset that allows you to go even deeper in that meditation that connects to your core, that allows you to do good back into nature. And that is the key here. I know it might sound very hard, but if somebody took the right steps, for sure, they can achieve these goals. And they are not that hard. It just somebody has to guide you. And I tr- also got a guru to help me, but there are gurus out there. As long as you seek purely, you will see your guru will seek you back. It took two and a half years to find my guru. But as I said, it, it is worth that journey to find him or her. It could be a female too. I'm not saying it's only a male. It, has, it can be a female too. And, they are, and we get many gurus in life. Some gurus are there for a short period of time. So they are generally called upa gurus. So upa gurus will come maybe in your life once or twice or three times, and that's it, and they'll disappear. Even if you seek them out, you'll not find them again. And they are those gurus who have had been with us in every lifetime we've been born. And when you see them and they see you, they, you know your connection has been for a very long, and you can entrust them for anything and everything. And that's what I can do with my guru. So if ever I'm in his presence, I am free. I don't have to feel important because I know I'm in another state. You know, uh, ego disappears. It melts away. But uh, these are deeper connections to my guru. But again, as I said, you must start meditating even five minutes a day. And, you know, nature helps too. So for people who are starting out meditation, Just stare into nature for five minutes. You'll be surprised how calm that will make you. You will feel new because they say, take a moment. That's what you're doing. You're taking a moment to appreciate. Gratitude is key ingredient. Second is accepting yourself for whoever you are because I know we are not perfect and we'll never be perfect. So accept that, that you are not going to be perfect and nobody around you will be perfect because we were never meant to be perfect. We are here to learn. Transform and merge back to love. And then trust. Trust not only yourself, but trust your surroundings. I know some people might want to deceive you, but once you start trusting people, it's a short time after that most people start trusting you back. It's a, it's a bounce back effect. So I know people think, oh, I can't trust anybody. But in Iceland, it's easier to trust people, I'm sure, because everybody is there to do good for nature and do good for people. But in some communities, I know it's hard. But see, don't trust people for strange things. Trust them for just being human. That helps. And the fourth thing that really helps is empathy. Start feeling people out. Because if you can be in their shoes and understand their pain, that's the only way to truly connect with somebody. Because sympathy is a very weak way of connecting with people, but empathy is a long-term solution where you two can be merged into one and understand each other purely, without conditions, unconditionally. That's the key ingredient here because so many of us love each other for conditions set. So if he does this or she will do that, I will love him. If that person does that or that, I will not love them. I hate them. How can life be all about likes and dislikes? You know, life's not about that. It's about accepting for their goods and bads. You know, you can't accept somebody only because they are good to you. You have to start appreciating them for their negative. Also, maybe it's, actually helping you on your journey find that true calling.
0: How do you nurture this unconditional love, unconditional empathy? How do you practice it?
1: So again, as I said earlier, through meditation, through self-reflection, through mindfulness, these are all key ingredients, you know, and it all depends on how mature and how hard you want to work on this. Because uh, to start with, in most cases, mindfulness is very, very helpful. Just do things that will not harm anything. That's already being mindful, like how we talked about sustainability. So be mindful of not trying to damage this planet, not damaging any human being or hurting animals or hurting nature. That's already being mindful. So if you start doing that, you will start feeling love for yourself, for sure, because that energy bounces back. Okay, That's the first step. Second step, do reflections. Say positive verses into nature. Again, that will uplift your spirit. And then as you feel confident, start sitting in that silence for five minutes. Just think of nothing else. Just think of how beautiful your life is. Just say, I love myself. Close your eyes for five minutes. Keep chanting that. And you'll be surprised after that five minutes, you will love yourself so much more than you have ever loved anything else. And when you can love yourself, you can love everybody unconditionally. Because most people don't love themselves. That's why they have conditions set on everything.
0: This is so good and it's so important. I have those conversations with some of my clients who say like, I don't want to take too much of self-care. this is only like one of the tools when things go bad then I, I can do that to rebound to the normal. but in between, as a lifestyle, self-care is a selfish thing and we need to work on that because it is a mindset thing and mm-hmm. just as you said, when you start loving yourself, it's not you're not taking away this love from people around you. This is the prerequisite to truly share that. And it becomes unlimited. It really is. I don't talk about it so much openly, but I do have this unconditional love to every client of mine. And I don't talk about it that much because most of my clients are male. Uh, so it can...
1: Your husband will not be happy
0: with that. <laughs> no, uh, he's actually happy with that. <laughs> with him, I talk about that because he's very okay. open about that. It's a different kind of love. It's not the love to a partner of life. It's a love to a human being. Exactly. A human being who is actually doing some very brave things. Working with me is never easy. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of discomfort in that relationship for both of us. And it is a lot of work in between the sessions and also in our conversations. And I admire that bravery and that commitment of people to really get better as human being through work with me. And I really appreciate it. And it, it's always an honor to to be entrusted with this, with this relationship. So I, I never take it for granted. And really, it just shows me how beautiful we humans can be. And I see the, the good and the bad and the ugly of those people because they bring everything to the table when we discuss mm-hmm. it. And that doesn't make it smaller for me. My love for them just grows from them being so open, being so brave to actually look into those things themselves. It's not really about me and telling me about those things, but being able to face them themselves through me mirroring them. Exactly.
1: Mirroring them. Very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. Yep. Sorry. Excuse me. And, uh, you know, I'm so passionate about what you were just saying now. That's why I want to like jump in there. Exactly. It's all about mirroring them because a lot of people see it from the inside of a bottle. They're not seeing from the outside. And uh, we need a reflection. And what are, our clients looking for? They're looking for validation. They're looking for how, even though they know the answers. In most cases, everybody knows the answers. But like how you said, you are the person who's giving them that whip. If you don't take action, I can't help you anymore. So it's accountability that we are providing to them. And we want to make sure that they are doing it for their good because we care for them. We are nurturing them to be the better person that they seek to be.
0: And actually, it was funny this morning. I had to laugh in the session that I mentioned uh, earlier uh, with my uh, client that it was third coaching session this week in a row, where I, uh, when I was asking, exploring some situation with my client, they would answer, I see where you're going with this or I know what you're thinking and so on. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't have a formulated goal here and I'm trying to get you to that goal with my questions. I'm exploring with you. I have no idea what is the right answer for you in this situation. (laughs) I am here to ask those questions that you are actually like getting to your answer. And my client this morning laughed uh, and said, okay, I see it. Okay, that I know where I'm going with my answers. And I was like, exactly. Exactly. You have that, but it's difficult for you sometimes to see it because you just think in too many thoughts at the same time. And in, mm-hmm. a case, in conversation with me, I managed to kind of keep you at this thought thread so that you actually get to the conclusion that you have within yourself. It's not my conclusion. It's your conclusion. And I never know where we'll end up. Sometimes it's a completely different place, but that's the beauty of this process that you have those answers within you and you just need the help and the space. To explore and find your way to those answers. That's the power of coaching. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes the difference between a good coach
1: and a bad coach, because there are many coaches who would not do half what you are doing for them because you're holding their hand. You are now no longer just teaching them. You're guiding them. You are there to make sure that you can uplift them to the next level. And that's how only they could change themselves so they can go and change other people's lives. It's all about giving, you know, back. And that's all I'm interested in also, like how you are seeing it. So like paying it forward. I help somebody, somebody helps somebody else. And that's the only way this universe or this planet Earth can actually survive. Otherwise, I, I, I can see it ending sooner, not
0: later, anytime soon. That kind of thing is going on. Yeah, it's important the work that uh, both of us are doing, Suresh. I want to go back to you getting to know that core of yours. You said that through meditation, you started learning who you are in a way I'm paraphrasing right now, but I would like to know were there some growth pains was some discomfort in that process of self-discovery. And if there were, how did you overcome it and what kind of pains or discomforts those were? The discomfort is see a lot of people start seeing you differently, especially your friends,
1: you know, who saw you in that perfect form of being a rich person who's freely giving away things that, you know, but then what happens is you start losing those friends or you start losing family members who only liked you because you had a lot of money you were able to spend on them. But see, my focus had no longer been on wealth. It was focused on how do I make my life better so I could make other people's life better. So it's not about just giving things away to people because I was very easygoing. I used to throw lavish parties, alcohol, food, everything. But you know, when you're in that, phase of your life where you're trying to go deeper you start not so you're not so happy to do those things like you were doing before because in a way they are what do you call negative because drinking a lot of alcohol eating wrong food at wrong times of day you know i stopped eating meat i stopped eating seafood you know i mean gradually you know you you are trying to purify yourself but generally most people don't like somebody who's going in that process of purifying so that's hard uh, in most cases, so you'll lose a lot of friends. And anyway, these friends were never your pure friends. True friends will stay with you even if you had zero in your pocket or you had a million bucks. And then i interest interested in your money. But at least this way, I realize who's there for me and who's not there for me. And as you said earlier, like how did this process go on and how long did it go on? It went on for many years and it's still going on. I believe I am still improving myself. And my meditation not perfect. Even though I sit at least 45 minutes a day in meditation, it's not perfect. There are days, yes, I feel connected. And there are days I feel there's just too much noise going on in my mind. Yet I still sit because letting go of the routine will spoil that whole experience. Because if you stop something, it's very hard to go back. It takes 21 days to build a habit, whether it's a good habit or a bad habit. If this is a good habit, I must. So every morning at 5.15, I wake up. And I sit in meditation, cold, hot, however, wherever I am. It doesn't matter because my mind wakes me up. In fact, I don't even need an alarm clock in today's times. There was a time I needed to set an alarm nowadays. Somehow I wake up, even if I slept at 12 in the night, 1 a.m. in the night, I know 5 15, I must wake up and sit in this time to reflect, you know, and connect on a deeper ground. Obviously, as I said earlier, I have a guru, and gurus do teach you techniques that can improve your experience. In meditation, so start with guided meditation. There are beautiful tracks out there on YouTube. If you want any help, connect with me uh, through LinkedIn or Facebook, or even uh, on my website. You know, I'm more than happy to guide you. It all depends to understand like how dynamic as a person you are, because some people somehow reflect better when there's a lot of noise going on, and there are people who need pitch silence. So it, there are different techniques. To get grounded and go deeper so i'm more than happy to guide people if they want help in that arena
0: i personally use insight timer um, meditation app and there are thousands of different meditations and whatever whenever i feel like okay i need some extra support and extra guidance i actually just in their search write a word whether it is i'm just coming up now with panic or anxiety or whatever i want so it's whether where i want to get away from or what i want peace focus uh, energy and so ever and i just write that word that comes to my mind what i want to work on right right now and just pick one of those meditations that are there and and do that track so this is one of the tips i'll just put the inside timer link as well no no
1: that works great I, a lot of people have benefited from that. Even if you are doing silent meditation, it's helpful for people who want to know how many minutes they are reflecting for 15 minutes thirty minutes, so it works for them. And okay, besides that, also YouTube has some beautiful tracks out there, like just staring at a candlestick or hearing water noises, uh, soft noises, uh, or even a heartbeat works for many because they feel more comfortable when they can hear a heartbeat. It's like going back into the womb of your mother. That's actually the most safest place a person has ever been.
0: Yeah, that's definitely. And uh, just to give a shout out to one of the Icelandic startups here, uh, Flow Meditation, uh, they create experiences. If you want to stare into something, they have high quality videos of Icelandic nature and tracks of uh, quite short tracks of meditation for different um, themes. And you can actually use uh, your VR uh, glasses to be in that immersive experience of the Icelandic nature, or just uh, use your usual app. I, I use it on my phone sometimes mm-hmm. um, to to just look at Icelandic nature when I can't get out in the bedroom. So <laughs> so that also is just a yeah. helpful. There are there are so many ways there, and there is no wrong, right or wrong. And sure, yeah. just as you said, you need to explore. You need to do the trial and error and and see what do you learn from each of the experiences. Yeah. What works for you, what doesn't, and just continue. Gathering your toolbox of the things that really help you,
1: exactly. And you know, uh, lately, what has happened is I, I really don't like taking up the topic of COVID again into the picture, but COVID has caused a lot of people to feel lonely, and that is what's important. Except that you are lonely, connect, because connection is not about only connect with people, but connect with people who can support you and support each other, because you know. You know, in many cases, many people are not spending that quality time with people like they were able in the past. I know there are many countries which have opened up, but, you know, we still have to maintain social distancing. A lot of people are unable to travel back to visit their family. And like how you said, a hug is important in many cases, you know, like from your mother or father or whoever is a loved person in your life. Uh, And that has also caused not only in, but all generations are feeling lonely today. And, you know, they say always, you are loneliest at the top. So right now, I hope all of you are, you know, finding a way to free yourself from this loneliness. You know, connect with nature. That's one for sure because nature is available everywhere. I don't think, you know, I know people say, oh, right outside myself, you know, there's nothing beautiful to see. I say, close your eyes. Everything will be beautiful because nature is surrounding us. Yet we might feel we are not connected to it, but close your eyes. And see the most beautiful mountain you've ever seen in your life. And that will help you. And, you know, be careful because loneliness is the starting point to burnout and depression. So if you feel lonely, start seeking help, connect. You know, there are beautiful uh, videos out there, you know, or seek professional help if your cases are serious. Because, you know, it's best to observe, you know, your pain now than wait till it's too late. Sure.
0: And just as you say, Shires, there are so many va- ways of doing it. And uh, there are free tools. There are a lot of communities. Just just look out for communities to reconnect. And um, we can throw some in the show notes if you want. And just I'm just thinking about the tw- 29K is one of the
1: yeah.
0: um, platforms where there are so many communities where you can yeah. actually just connect with people who, who are going through a similar journey. And be guided by some professional or some person who has been through the journey themselves and mm-hmm. got further on their way than you. Just find your tribe, find your herd, exactly. whatever word you feel is, is good for you to, to, that resonates with you. Don't stay lonely. Never ever do that, especially if you feel like you are going in the darker period through the dark period of your life. Just really seek out for help, seek for support, seek for someone to go through this dark tunnel with you it's so 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 important and on the other side if you see someone around you who might struggle open up and and dare to be there for that person it might yeah
1: and you know what works for people is see generally if you want to help somebody and you know your friend or family member do some activities together like take up dancing or learn cooking or, you know, adopt a pet. There's so many ways to uplift our spirits. You know, as I said earlier also, pets are amazing. Adopt a dog a cat, it doesn't cost any real money. because But the amount of joy you will get from that is worth thousands and thousands of dollars out there. You know, I tell people, do it. Or go learn cooking. Cooking is also, also, because once you start cooking your own food, you'll start appreciating how much effort goes into putting that meal up there. And you start eating healthier because you know exactly what you're putting in your food. Like buying a ready-made meal is not something most people actually benefit from because it's mostly processed and all that, unless you're going to one of these healthy restaurants, then fine. But at the end, try to learn exactly how much effort has been placed. So thanking the food that you eat actually helps you live a better, happier life too.
0: Yeah, so important. That's really about those small things that we do on a daily basis anyways. Just really, as you said earlier, putting mindfulness and our intention into that makes us better human beings because it it really sets us up for this continuous development and seeking the opportunities to make a better choice, maybe choices and bigger impact in this world. Exactly. Sharish, I would like to start wrapping up with three questions that I usually ask my guests. Uh, First one would be, what, are your three pieces of advice. And that can be something summarizing what we've already discussed today, but also something new that you feel like we have missed and it should be discussed right now.
1: I always like to start with the word gratitude. Because as I say to people, if you are not living in gratitude, you will feel incomplete. Even how much or whatever you have acquired in this world, that's the missing link in your life. Because gratitude leads us to self-awareness. And self-awareness is a key ingredient to take us onto that journey to find our core. So gratitude is crucial here. And again, earlier, as I said, acceptance. If you don't accept yourself, how can you accept others around you? And you will never find true love until you have loved yourself. In that simple word, I'll say it. And empathy is crucial because we must feel the pain to truly want to help others. Because if we only see it is not enough but we must feel it when we feel it we will go all the way to help somebody and when you help somebody that's the biggest high you will ever get because you will want to do it more again and there's so much to do right now so many people you can help that you can be always high that is called blissful happiness where you can always help somebody uplift them and see that smile in them and that's the greatest reward It's worth more than a million that just one smile and somebody just saying, Thank you for being there for me.
0: Turish, I would like to actually go back to your first uh, points of those three pieces of advice. Uh, Thank you. The gratitude. I have had conversations with clients and friends who say, I know intellectually all the things that I should be f- or that I'm grateful for. I know how privileged I am with the country I'm living in, with the stability I have, and so on and so forth, but I don't feel it. So there is a disconnect between this longest, longest half meter in the world, right? Between the heart and the brain. What Mm -hmm. would you say to those people? Take a journey.
1: Take a journey to a place where things are not as perfect as where you live. Go to a community where things are not perfect. And that will change you for sure. If you are human, when you see other person's pain, that will uplift you and you will be gratitude. You will see gratitude. Because see, Iceland is a beautiful country. I know there are many perfect countries, but just go to a community where there is pain, suffering, or just watch some programs. Like news itself will show you, look at all these immigrants right now stuck at the Poland and Belarus border. These people are not there because of choice because there is no home left for them. So, but yet they are gratitude that they still have their family together, but they are trying for a better life. So how can you being in an environment of perfection like Iceland, where everything is given to you in a perfect plate. You have hot water coming through your pipes. You have heating going on right now, even if it's cold. You are assured of food being on your table. So that's alone, these basic needs are being satisfied. How can you not be thankful for that? So take that journey. Go into a situation which is not perfect. I'm sure they will start seeing things differently.
0: It's a process when you have been... Shying away from your emotions for a long time, not daring to go into that, to open up that again, is is scary. And I think that's why people are numbing it quite often. Just as you said with yourself in the beginning, throwing parties, uh, doing uh, alcohol and food and so on, those are distractions, right? Because the the discomfort of the unknown, what is hiding behind beneath the surface, can be can be difficult to face. Sure. One practical piece of advice that you would like our genius leaders to try or implement already today after tuning:
1: start a gratitude journal. And it's not only me who's telling you this. Start writing ten things before you sleep every night in a journal, and read this journal to yourself every week. I assure you, you'll see yourself in a new light, and things will start looking so much brighter than they were always before. And you know, when we are in the right mindset. Nothing is impossible. And we live in an impossible world, but once our mindset is set on the impossible is nothing, everything's achievable. As long as you're going to do good with those things, you will be blessed with those great things that you want to achieve.
0: And science proves that uh, gratitude is the way to rewire ourselves and really put us on the path of being happy because that is also a choice. I guess that there's something that you're also talking about as the happy Dr. Suresh that happiness is a choice and uh, deciding to stick to the habit of gratitude, journaling or saying those things to each other and so on is one of those steps to, that you can take towards the choice of happiness. Last piece of, or last question would be if people want to learn more about what you do, if they want to collaborate and, or hire you uh, or ask some questions after our conversation right now, what are the best ways to do that? the best way is to connect
1: on my website it's www.sureshdevnani.com so exactly like how my name is spelled .com you can connect with me through linkedin facebook instagram uh, twitter even uh, once you go to my website there's a way to connect to me uh, through whatsapp also so i am quite accessible and i love to work with anybody on special assignments and, you know i travel around the world and if you you know, intrigue me with an interesting uh, topic and I'll be there without question. It could be North Pole, South Pole, anywhere. So, you know, I'm more than happy to travel.
0: Great. What is, out of all those platforms, what is your your favorite one? I still like LinkedIn. Um, Mm -hmm. Second is Facebook because
1: those are the most accessible by everyone. So professional people like to be on LinkedIn and and those who have some personal agenda that want help with, then Facebook is there. That always works for me. And both have messengers, so you can send a message across very smoothly.
0: Yeah. Great. Sharish, I'm very, very grateful for you finding the time and sharing so openly about your journey and your learning so, so far. And I'm looking forward to continue following your journey and seeing the next development stages of you and what kind of impact you're creating in the world. Thank you so much for being Perfect. here. Perfect.
1: Thank you, Anna. And I'd love to go on a walk with you one day when I'm in Iceland.
0: Please do. I have my favorite path that I'll happily show you.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Looking forward to that. And Genius Leaders, thank you so much for tuning in another time and uh, looking forward to the next conversation with you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. For more conversations about living and leading from your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything.